What's going on, everybody? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. I know most of you are out that are out there right now are probably practicing for the ever-so-elusive World Cup that is coming up. So um, hopefully you guys are listening to this on your way home uh, or to practice or what have you. I, I hope you had a good practice if it's after. And I hope you have a good practice if this is before. But anyway, have fun and knock that shit out, man. Grind it out. Get those reps in. And good luck to everybody. This episode is brought to you by Charm City Paintball. Speaking of Charm City Paintball, because I just said it, speaking of, Mike will be at World Cup and he will have headbands. So if you want to get a hold of him beforehand so that way you guys can meet message him on Facebook or Instagram. I'm looking at his Facebook right now, and he has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, like 20 or 30 headbands just sitting that, I don't know if they're claimed, I don't think they are, I think he's just, he might be bringing some, but I know people are going on and and buying headbands to have him bring. So, make sure you get on there and uh, and claim yours before, uh, before they're sold out, because they will go quick. I promise you. I promise, promise, promise you. Uh, he has like grandma's couch looking ones. He has some green Gucci-like fabric ones. Um, some Louis Vuitton-like uh, fabric ones with camo and head wraps and this and different camos. They're all sick, man. They're all tagged up. They're all ready to go. Make sure you hit him up, Charm City Paintball, on Facebook or Instagram and claim your headband or head wrap or whatever you want him to make. He will... He's, he's a guru, man. I'm telling you. Head game guru. I'm not just saying that. It's true. The quality of his product is is just astonishing, especially with uh, with how many he puts out. Every single one is, is hand-stitched by him and has that kind of... It just has that handmade feel of where, you know, somebody put their time and effort into it. And and I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you, you appreciate it more at that point, so... Uh, knowing that that he was sitting there and he made the damn thing for you. So anyway, um, yeah, make sure you get a hold of him before uh, before you take off to World Cup, and he will be sure to uh, to have those for you. Uh, another thing, guys, if you are looking for um, any kind of the you know playing on podcast uh, apparel or any, I don't have any shirts yet, anything like that, but I do have banners. I do still have banners. It's a two foot by two foot banner. Uh, I have those available. I also have uh, some Aftershock jerseys that are also available. If you guys have any questions or want any further information about them, you can go ahead and uh, and shoot it over to theplayingoutpodcast at gmail.com, and that will go right to my inbox, and I will be sure to message you guys back. So, uh, yeah, banners and jerseys if you guys are interested. Uh, this podcast is oh, and speaking of, also if you guys want to help the podcast out, go go ahead and head to uh, the Playing on Podcast, or I'm sorry, the uh, Patreon.com/slash the Playing on Podcast, and uh, donate if you can. Um, kick in a little bit. Uh, obviously, not everybody can, and I'm not forcing anybody to. But uh, but if you want to help out, a little goes a long way. Really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Uh, this episode is also brought to you by Melovio. I'm still trying to figure out a good way. Melovio? Melovio. Anyway, uh, Melovio. It's a CBD company that I have been working with 
for a little while now, and every product that I have tried has has so many many benefits. I mean, CBD has it's coming out of the woodwork. I mean, there's there's tons of product out there. Uh, a lot of it you do not you, you don't know where it's coming from. I mean, I've I've had people say, oh yeah, I've tried CBD, and they had it from like the corner store. But that that is you have no idea where that's sourced from. Right here, you have uh, you have all this locally sourced product coming from Melavio. It's made in house. Uh, you have uh, he, as far as product goes, he has honey, he has salves, he has gummies, he has um, vape juice, he has lip balm, he has tinctures or the the MCT or I'm sorry the oils. Um, he also has the uh, individual flower. He has all kinds of stuff. And right now he's actually having a giveaway go on where I think it's up. I think it's up to 300. Don't hold me to that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. But it, the giveaway essentially is every $10 you spend will get you one entry into this giveaway. And the giveaway will happen, I think the next one's uh, tomorrow. But you have to have everything in before I think 3 o'clock tomorrow. Um, but the giveaway is a honey, a salve, a, a capsule, a, uh, an oil, I think a little vape kit with juice, uh, hitters, um, some... Uh, some lip balm and everything. I'm not sure exactly what I'm looking at the picture. But then also, don't forget about the cash as well. So, and a, a really nice big travel kit if you want to take everything with you. So, uh, so yeah, every $10 gets you one entry into this giveaway. And uh, you can either go in-store uh, at uh, Tamelavio or you can uh, order online. Completely up to you. So whatever you want to do, he's in uh, Stephen City, Virginia. I think that's how you say it, or Stephen City. He'll correct me. I know he will because <laughs> I've never been there before, but I do plan on going one day. But anyway, guys, uh, make sure you check it out. Head to the website, melavio.com. Uh, and also, if you are going to, if you want to save a little bit of, of money, you can uh, use the promo code capital T-P-O-P, and you will get 15% off your entire order. Yes. All right, and speaking of Melavio, our guest today is uh, is Mr. Sam Haynes from Melavio. He is the CEO and founder of Melavio, and we were able to sit down and kind of see where his origins are from, uh, where the company came from, the the uh, the motivation for the company, and also his paintball background because he has been he's 29 years old, been playing paintball for longer than I have. So he's been in the game. His parents actually, you'll get into it. Parents owned a field and been in the game since he was an infant, toddler, child person. So uh, very interesting, interesting, interesting guy, interesting story. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I had a great time talking to him. So uh, here we go. Here is the podcast with Mr. Sam Haynes. Oh, oh. Well, that's where it's at. Yeah, buddy. Nice, nice clean logo on the chest. You represent that with pride. That's good, man. It fits good too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Maybe one day I'll get you one of our our uh, staff shirts. I'm down, dude. You know, I I these these are shirts that will never sell to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll just be staff shirts, and and they're also expensive to make. So yeah, um, maybe maybe one day I'll I'll get some. Uh, get one up to you so you can rock that around and say you have a 
a one-on-one. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I'm. I'm excited to do this, and this is, this is my first podcast, and especially with someone that, when I was playing paintball, looked up to, and so it's it's definitely exciting for sure. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'm I'm always excited to have people on that. Uh, not only is it, uh, they're in the same business, um, the business of paintball, because paintball is not just playing. I think it's it, it's much more involved than just playing. There's there's a lot more to it, but also that you know has. Uh, something to bring to the table as far as a story, which is everybody. Everybody has a story, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, exactly why. Yeah, and and you know, especially with the boom in CBD now, and and the products and everything like that, it's what more of a, a perfect timing to have you on than now. Right. No, absolutely. I, I definitely agree, and there's definitely a lot that we could talk about. So yeah, Dude, I got I got all night until my kids wake up. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't know about me, but maybe. <laughs> you have a little girl, right? Eleven, so we can do that. I have two little girls. I have an eight-year-old and a two-year-old. Wow. Yeah, and it's uh, I'm getting both sides of the the spectrum now. I'm getting the attitude from the eight-year-old, and then the two-year-old's starting to find her attitude, and it's uh, <laughs> it's it's something, man. It's been a process, but it's been a good process. I I never trade it for the world. So yeah, dude, be becoming a how's parent. Your, how's your little one doing? Oh, they're doing so good. My um, my my little boy's three. He's uh, he's in preschool. He's actually he has a, a speech delay right now that he's been working on. So he's in like this IEP class, and right, um, right. he was going there where he wasn't really making any words, and then now he has words that are coming and the sentences are coming, and it's just cool to to see him finally kind of articulate himself right. um, and express himself in that way, and then. Uh, he's grown like a weed and then uh, my little girl she's about to be nine months and she is a handful already yeah like yeah oh my god completely night and day compared to what my son was yeah yeah absolutely they I mean it's I mean between you know the boys and girls the just the difference between the two and I only I only get to see the girl side Mm -hmm. with with having the girls but man it's I, I can see the I can see the boy side being a pain too, but we'll see. <laughs> we're, we'll try for another one. Hopefully, we get a boy, but we'll see. Yeah, we were kind of talking about the tiebreaker, um, but I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready for another one yet. Uh, we're still kind of <laughs> we're still trying to figure out what it's like having two kids. So it's yeah. uh, you know it's three, an experience. Three is a is a whole new world too. I feel like you know I grew up. I have two older sisters, and so I'm the youngest boy in the family. Yeah. And three three siblings, I think, is a game changer. Once you hit that three mark, you're in for it then. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, for and, sure. And um, who was I think it was my boss actually from my current my current job. He was uh, talking to me. This is when I was having my daughter, and he's like, "Listen," because he has three kids. He's like, "The world is made for a family of four. Whether it be yeah. chairs at a table." or yeah. you know, seats yeah. in a car or whatever it is the world is yeah. made for a family of four and once you throw that fifth person in the mix you, you fucked yourself it's like everything yeah. is out the window yeah. it's done right right well, i mean look at look at booths at restaurants they hold four people yeah. mm-hmm. you know car seats comfortably fit two people in the back yep you know with with cars and, and the size especially with you know some of these cars getting smaller it seems like and yeah. uh i mean the back seat they let's be honest they hold two people mm-hmm. that third person seat uh, that's not that's not a thing no that's that's I, toy I, space I, that's extra yeah. right 
space for stuff. Right, right. That's where the diaper bag goes. You mm-hmm. know, like that's mm-hmm. it. Nothing else. That's just that's where you set it between the kids. <laughs> so yeah, yep. I totally agree with that. Man, but yeah, and then yeah. we got the dog in the back. But on top of that, so it's just yeah. like it, it's packed. Yeah. And even thinking about just adding a third, it gives me anxiety, and I don't get really anxiety. <laughs> well, I got products that'll help you with that. So. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> Right. So go for that third one. That way I can get you some more stuff. <laughs> um, well, let's, let's kind of talk about it. Actually, first, let's talk about um, you know what we have in common, which is uh, paintball itself. Uh, how did how did paintball kind of come into your life? And then we can kind of see through the timeline of, of where the whole uh, the CBD and your businesses and everything came into play. So honestly, it's it's kind of crazy because paintball – was my life right that's all it was and i'm i'm unique in the sense that my family actually owns a paintball field out here in virginia Mm. and they've been in we've been in business for 28 years now so i've seen and i'm only 29 and so they started the business when i was one basically and so i grew up in paintball i played my first game when i was five years old got shot in the side of the head and uh i still remember that and then i was hooked and then i played um, every weekend for the last 20, 27, 28 years, right? I've just been playing. And, and so I got, I had a unique approach to paintball since I grew up in paintball and having the family business and, and, um, it also being a very big field as well. And so I got to see all parts of it growing up. I was at the first PSP event that they ever had, you know, Mm -hmm. I was at the original MPPL events and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I got to see all of it, and it was a blessing, and I absolutely love how much I traveled and, and all that kind of stuff. And and so I've been playing tournament paintballs since, I mean, if you want to if you want to say, let's just say it like this. I've been playing tournament paintballs when it was actually in the woods, like that's how it was. Mm. And another big thing is when they still had the pipes on the blow-up fields when you had the pipes laid out that went yeah. to all the different bunkers. Mm-hmm. And if you laid on, if you, if you put, you know, your weight on one pipe and your bunker started to deflate a little bit. So I've seen a lot of it and all the way up till, so now I haven't played in, in two years. I finally just had to take a step back and, and take a break because, right. you know, I've seen, I've seen where it's just kind of a routine now. It's less uh, fun for me mm-hmm. and it was more, um, just what you're supposed to do it's almost like a tournament player it's it's pounded into their head uh practice go to an nxl practice go to an nxl practice go to that's that's all you do now and it gets to just monotonous too much right and and you know all about that and you had to do it the highest i ever played was semi-pro and so you had you were all the way at the top and so you know what it's like to practice really hard be away from your family and all that kind of stuff and um and so yeah, I've seen I've seen all of it. I've seen every step of it, every step of the way, and I've loved every step. But and I, I would never take anything back. But you know, I just needed the change, so that's why I kind of jumped into the CBD world because I saw that they could mesh together. Mm-hmm. Paintball players are you know have a lot of pains, and let's be honest, you know, paintball players are a little weird in themselves. I'm I'm one of them. Super and, weird. Uh, they... Well, not you, super weird, but just paintball players <laughs> in general, right. just super weird. <laughs> And so it's one of those things that not the average person plays paintball and not the average person plays tournament paintball. Right. And so it's a very unique person that plays tournament paintball. And and so I figured I could cater to that. And then also just athletes, you know, um, 
athletes have a lot of pains and anxiety and things and you know getting ready for tournaments I know being at tournaments I would have anxiety crazy because even though you know what to do once you start everybody knows that first game is the hardest mm-hmm. once you're into it once you're into it it's a wrap you know what to do you know how to play you know what you got going on but man anxiety leading up to it it lead up to that first game and I yeah. know most people can vouch for this but if you don't have to pee the first game while you're at the start gate you're not nervous enough, you know. Dude, I'm almost okay. about to shit my pants. Like pregame, <laughs> pregame shits were were a thing for me, and right. but as soon as I kind of put myself in the situation where it's like, all right, I gotta get on the field, and then it would go away, and then right. sometimes it wouldn't even I wouldn't even have to go until our second game in the day, afterwards. Right. But right. Uh, but most of the time I was able to get it out um, before yeah. the game, do the pregame poo. But um, but yeah, oh yeah, I, I know exactly. So. <laughs> I figured um, they could go hand in hand, and it was one of those things that I knew there was a market there, and I knew the market. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people in paintball, so it was easy, and it was more of like this was the easy first step, right? Get a hold of yeah. people that I know in the paintball world. I know every manufacturer. I know most of the owners and, and managers and salesmen, and I know a lot of people, and so it was one of those things that jump into a market I already understand and I already know and then build the business from there. Now the business has grown way outside of paintball, but mm-hmm. paintball was definitely the reason that it got to the point that it's at now. Right. Um, and so it was just, it was really just the first step for me and in a long plan, you know, multi-year plan. It was the first step and it was the right first step, I think. So, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's good timing um, as far as just the, uh, the world is concerned um, and society and the economy uh, as far as accepting CBD and everybody kind of going, you know, every kind of the whole turnover of um, even just marijuana itself and that whole kind of stigma of everything. Yeah. Because, because I mean, no, ma- no matter what, CBD is always going to be a relative to mm-hmm. to that. And, and it, there's always going to be that stigma of, I think, the older generations of, yeah. of having that. And I think right now the biggest thing is, is uh, being able to have information and give people information that they need and i think that right. that's the biggest thing and as soon as we can separate those two um not that one is better than the other or or vice versa but just being able to give people the information that they need to let them know that yeah. hey this is also this is beneficial um if if you want it to have uh the the thc additive then yes obviously you can get that but you can get it without it and these are the benefits mm-hmm. of this and then you know and, yeah. and and be informative about the whole thing than than having this whole like oh you know this and it's marijuana no 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 it's separated Mm -hmm. this is this this is that and um yeah yeah it's 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 a really good time to kind of be in the position that you're in right and i and i wanted to i wanted to get into it early now i know cbd has been around for a very long time but early now is still early because it's just now allowed to be everywhere right you know there was still a lot of restrictions before this year oh how just passed it right and so it's one of those things that, yes, it is still very early. Obviously, people have been doing it for years, mm-hmm. right? But not everybody could. And so um, I wanted to get into it early in that sense. And I saw it as a market, as something that's going to continue to grow. It's not going to stop. Yeah. And it's a, it's another good thing is that it's a natural market. But I also wanted to corner the market in the sense of I didn't want a wholesale someone else's products i wanted to it to be my product so when i send you something it was something that i made and that i trusted 
And so I wanted the quarter of the market in that sense as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And we, you know, locally, that's amazing for us. Online, you know, we ship to all 50 states. I've sent, I've sent something to every single state. Yeah. And, you know, online, it's, Online is, is, is good and bad. You know, it's, it's good for me, but it's also my enemy because there's millions of websites that sell CBD and there's websites out there that are much nicer than mine and their, you know, their website budget is way higher than mine. Um, and so competing online is very difficult and uh, it's hard to get the, the correct information on a website. What I've learned is, and what I tell my customers is when you're, when you're online, no website is good or bad right everybody has a piece of information but they don't have all of the information Mm -hmm. and you have to kind of pick and choose and then collect all of your information into one and that's that's one thing that I've learned especially when we were doing the research you know building the company making our products that kind of stuff is that not one person had all of the right answers it's been a collective thing and uh and so it's been a challenge, man. It's I think it's been a tough one, but it's yeah. been a good one. So uh, before we get too deep into, because I have a ton of a ton of questions that come along with the whole uh, CBD <laughs> thing. Um, going back to your uh, your paintball involvement, you know, having yeah. having a family affair of of the paintball industry and world. Uh, what field was it, if you don't mind me asking? In, in it's Skyline Paintball in Skyline. Virginia. Now, did you mm-hmm. feel? I mean, I guess you didn't at five years old. But even as you get you got older, did you feel an obligation to play because your your family owned a field, or did you just from the beginning fall in love with the sport and and that's just what you wanted to do? It was so so it wasn't that they were like I felt like I had to play. They just said you know do whatever you want. But it was one of those things that I was a little boy growing up at a paintball field shooting paintball guns. You know mm-hmm. who wouldn't want to do that? and free paint you know what i'm saying free yeah. paint you get to play as many games as you want and uh, so yeah i think i think it was one of the things that i just loved the game and i loved and also i'd like to say that i was pretty good at it and i liked playing and um and so yeah growing growing up it was just because i, I purely just loved the sport mm-hmm. and i still even to this day i love the sport but it's there was just like everybody that has ever been through it, and you're going through it too. There's some real life things that, as you get older, take over. As a kid, you know, you can have your parents bring you to the field, and you can be there all day long, no problems. Mm-hmm. And but when you get older, you have kids. You're you know being gone every single weekend is tough, and so that's why it's a little different now. But I still absolutely love paintball. It's actually funny because I haven't touched a paintball gun in two years. And yeah. this weekend we went out to. Southern Maryland paintball, which is a couple hour drive from us. We sponsored the a D2 team there called Brawl, and they actually won Chicago and X-Ball. Nice. And I I learned my lesson. They got me on this one, but I made them a bet. You know, I, I was like, if you guys win this this event, I'll give you $200, right? <laughs> and then they went and won the event. Mm. And so we went out there, and uh, I was I was wearing shorts and Crocs, with tall socks and not this shirt, but one of these shirts. And I was sitting there and there was a gun laying there and it was their practice. They only had four people show up and there, there was a bunch of teams there. There was a gun laying there and there was goggles laying there. And I was just like, Hmm, I said, screw it. So I grabbed all the stuff. I grabbed some of their paint and they had this, this hill leading down to their field. I fell down and rolled down the hill. (laughs) I said, guys, I'm coming. Right. When I said that, I fell down, I rolled down this muddy hill. And they weren't taking me seriously because most of those guys didn't really know who I was mm-hmm. or who I was with. And then I was like, guys, I'm, I'm playing this game. 
I said, you only have four anyway, so I'm coming out. I'm slipping all over the field. They have turf. It was muddy turf because it was raining. And, perfect uh, conditions. It was perfect conditions. I'm out of shape. I haven't shot a paintball gun in over two years. <laughs> right on go, I pull the gun up, hopper jams. I get one ball out. <laughs> I, just, I shoot maybe a pod. I don't know any of the calls. Yeah. We're winning the game, and then a bounce shot comes in, hits me, and then I'm out. So, you know, that was my great comeback. Nice. But, you know, it was it's something that I thought about for that was on Sunday. So I thought about for the last two days and just that one game mm-hmm. made so many memories come back and, and made me realize how much I love the sport. Um, and so, yeah, it was definitely a pure love thing basically for me. When you were playing, what did, uh, what did you shoot? So what this weekend or just in general, just in general. So when I played on the house team and the house team at the time was team rogue, um, we were a die team, pretty much the whole time yeah so i the first gun i ever had that was die was a dm4 this huge a trauma dm4 it was like this big and it was when it was 15 balls a second so you got like three pods and a hopper maybe i keep forgetting you played longer than me so like i know like we're generationally though like even though we're a few years apart age wise you have been playing longer than I have, so we can actually trade stories now, and you'll know exactly what, what I'm talking about, where I'm coming from, and I'll know. We, yeah. So, yeah, DM4, it's a giant plate. That, yeah, uh, it yeah. was massive, and I had the trauma one, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever, and the first thing I ever did was was adjust the LPR, because LPRs were new at that point for the mm-hmm. DM4, and everybody, the LPRs weren't a thing. Yep. You had your reg pressure, and that was it. And so uh, the first thing I did was... Uh, incorrectly adjust the LPR so my gun wouldn't shoot and uh, then it was a love story so we were a die team most of our life yeah then once I tried out for DC Devastation um, which was J-Rab's team at the time and um, Gino so he, J-Rab Gino. and Gino uh, yeah. was it who, oh my god it wasn't also um, Kevin what didn't uh, Kelly Rudolph didn't he play for them as well he helped well oh, okay. yeah so basically DC Dev was a two part thing you had your original DC Devastation, which was Gino, J-Rab, Kevin, and a bunch of other guys that don't play anymore. But right. the main players that you hear of are the guys that are still, you know, playing pro. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they were really good. Um, they did their thing, and then the team broke up because basically those guys went pro, and then everybody else didn't do anything after that. Right. So then in 2013, that's getting old now, but in 2013, <laughs> J-Rab decided to make the team again. So they had tryouts at a, at PAP, which is another local field, kind of to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had tryouts, and Steve Rabikoff hit me up. He goes, "Look, he goes, you know, I've I know I've known you for a long time because Steve lived kind of only like forty five minutes from me, so I've known Steve Rabikoff for a really long time." Mm-hmm. He goes, "Go try out for this team. It's it's your one chance to actually you know go pro, right?" And I said, "Okay," and so I went and tried out just pretty much beat up on everybody which was great and we made the team we made the team about three weeks before phoenix open and then we went to phoenix open and we got second place in d3x ball so i was like okay there's some hope yeah and we went to chicago and got beat on in chicago and then we went to uh mid-atlantic open and won the mid-atlantic open at d3x ball and so then it was just kind of a love story from there we you know we did okay for the rest of the season. Then D2, we won three out of the five events. Then we went semi-pro, won one out of the five events. But then the team, we had to make a choice. It was like, 
you know how much work it's going to take to be pro. Are we willing to do that? And at this time, everybody towards the end of the DC devastation, everybody was kind of drinking before they went on the field. <laughs> so it was mm-hmm. like chugging beer, go play a point. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that I wanted to do because I, yes, I wanted to play pro, but it was like, are the chances really that good? And, uh, and so we had to make some choices. The team kind of broke apart, but it was, um, yeah. So I've kind of, I've seen a lot of stuff. I just yeah. Said, so, yeah, it's, you know, thinking about that. Cause that was the whole, the whole in 13 is when I came back and started playing for aftershock that mid 2013 in Chicago actually. And, um, and and yeah, that was that was a weird time too because I had when I came back at thirteen, I had taken like three years off, um, and everything had changed. You know, the, the NPL was gone, or the NPL, uh, the NPPL was gone, uh, yeah. and that had its own kind of reincarnation of uh, of how they were doing it. It wasn't how it was in two thousand seven and eight and whatnot. Yeah, and um, and and then now coming back, and then I'm I'm super happy that I was able to get on aftershock uh because i didn't even know if i was going to be able to get on a team again just because being gone for three years and not really not really being able to um travel as much as i did i mean that's the whole reason why i left in the beginning is because it got so like we talked about earlier monotonous and it just felt more like a job and i felt like i wasn't giving 110 percent to my team and i i think now too talking about about pros out there they might not they might not be getting paid like everybody else, or uh, I'm, I'm talking about just pros in general across the board, but there are owners and companies that are spending thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars on them. And, you know, like you were saying, like you had obviously it wasn't a pro team, but, you know, taking a drink before they go out there and doing all this. And, you know, I'm yeah. one where I want to compete and I want to be at my best. Mm-hmm. And right. if everybody isn't doing the same, then there's something obviously, you know, that needs to change. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, you know, with uh, with that whole aftershock thing and everything that went down, it was it was tough because it's not that guys were drinking, but I just don't think we were able to kind of turn it around to make it be as serious as, as it need to be because mm-hmm. everybody else was getting better every single year, and it's right. tough to well, keep up with that. Right. Well, also, and and money money plays a huge factor. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at if you look at the pro teams now, look at you know Impact X Factor. All the uh, Houston Heat who have a lot of backing, they can practice every weekend and not do anything else. That's all they do is practice. And J. Yeah. Rep said in one of, in one of his podcasts or, or whatever he was doing, he said he was like, kids asked him, "What can I do to be better?" And he goes, "You know, are you playing every single day?" And they're like, "Well, no, I can't do that." And he goes, "Okay, then." He's like, "I play almost every single day. It's what I do. It's my job." And so he was he was talking about that and that's not the exact words that he said but that right. was a basic gist is that it's not just saturday and sunday especially at the pro level these guys are playing during the week you see ronnie Dizon out there on wednesdays you know doing drills even if it's just drills or, or something like that um these guys are out doing something all the time and yeah. it's because it's their job it's what they do and so the teams that have a lot of money behind them are able to do that and you know we grew up playing revo who's pro now through all the divisionals we were in the same division pretty much the whole way so we always practiced with them and played against them right and so and now to see henry and them doing really well but they don't have you know huge money behind them they do have some they have some amazing sponsors behind them but even them just to see what they have to go through just to be able to compete with the guys you know like dynasty and them who 
can just that's all they do i mean ryan travels every single day to play somewhere else so yeah you know it's just it's money is a you know a huge factor as well and, and just like you said it's even though you know we were doing really good and we were playing good and we had good sponsors it still costs you a lot personally mm-hmm. to be there with hotels and traveling and food and yeah. and all that kind of stuff and all you have all this money into it you i wanted to go there to win that was the point I wasn't there. Yes, I got to see my friends and hang out with everybody. But at the end of the day, I spent a lot of money to be there and try and win, you know, money that I probably would never see and that didn't pay didn't pay for, you know, a quarter of your trip. But it was something. And, you know, the pride factor. And so, yeah, that was that was a big thing for me. So, yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people and a lot of players are there for the experience. I mean, obviously, to everybody wants to compete and be beat people and, and and hold the trophy above their heads and, and a medal around their neck. Everybody wants that, but also everybody wants the experience. Everybody wants the story. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying yeah. people are in there to get rich, but obviously it would be nice to have some kind of kickback um, right. with how much paintball costs just to show up and play. But, um, but I mean, that's neither here nor there, just paintball in general. It's, it, it, there's a lot of... I feel like it's growing but I feel like we, there could be a lot more substantial growth in areas yeah. that not, I mean, not, not only from the paintball community. I mean, we're talking about CBD, we're talking about, uh, you know, things like that. And, and the whole, you know, bringing that up actually reminded me the whole reason why I had actually contacted you because I saw a video of you, um, pretty much bitching at the NXL <laughs> for exclusively only having, yeah. um, uh, I forget yeah. what company it, company it is, but, um, yeah, for exclusively only having them supply the NXL or be at the events or, or, or whatever it was. And I, I was listening to it and I was, you know, you're obviously a, a smart guy and, and uh, you are very informative. And I was like, man, well, this guy knows what the hell he's talking about. Let me talk to him and see kind of what is going on. I'd rather go to the source and hear it than hear it from, you know, four or five different people. So that that is why and, and how I heard of you. Yeah, because I remember as soon as I posted that video, it ruffled some feathers, and it ruffled some big, big feathers um, from some well-known people in the paintball community. And but you know what? At that point, I had nothing to lose. And and one thing I've learned while growing up, you know, with with the paintball field, I was in tra- in charge of most of the marketing and and getting our name out there. So I have a lot of marketing background. Right. Well, I, one thing I have learned, and it's not for anybody listening, maybe don't take this as the best advice, but attention is attention, good or bad. If you get people to look at you, you know, you might be able to turn it into something. Now, I do think that there is a limit. If you do horrible things online, it's obviously going to affect you negatively. But something like that, yes, it did ruffle some feathers. But at the end of the day, it made my company, you know, bigger. And I think it spread the word that outside sponsors shouldn't have to go through this, right? You have, at a paintball event, how many outside sponsors do you really see there? It's really almost none. And yeah. to this point, it's it's really almost none. And and the company that had got this contract was fully activated. And I have nothing against the company, right? I have nothing against them. I have a million competitors out there. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother me. I understand there's competition, and you know, if you're if you're scared of competition, then don't own a business. Then you're not growing, um, yeah. Right, and so. That didn't that didn't bother me. It was the fact that every single company that's a vendor at the NXLs are all exactly the same. Let's yeah. be honest. They either make paint, they make pads that all look exactly the same. 
companies now are making products for other companies to sell at these events. And it's so it's like everybody makes exactly the same thing. So why is it that as soon as you got one CBD company, then all of a sudden, nope, there's no other sponsors allowed to come in that sell CBD. And so to me, that just, that blew my mind. That blew my mind because every single company that's a vendor there all makes the exact same stuff, just in a different color. Yeah. And so I just, at the time I was frustrated, but I will tell you now that it was, it was such a blessing in disguise because we weren't ready yet. And I think it was, it was one of those things where it was like giving me a sign to not do this because, you know, at that time we wouldn't have made our money back. Um, and our products just weren't ready yet. Labels weren't ready. Things just weren't ready. And it was just, again, like I said earlier, it was one of those things where I've only known paintball my whole life. I've never done anything else. I've never worked any other job. I've never been anywhere else. I've only traveled for paintball. So it was just like, Mm -hmm. go to an NXL, set up your stuff, see what you can sell. Right. Well, that made me open my eyes and look at it from an outside. I said, don't think about paintball. Don't worry about being involved in paintball. What does it look like from an outside sponsor? Can I make money? Will it grow my business? And and I, you know, luckily determined, I was like, no, it's, it's not going to help me as much as I need it to. So I took all of that money and I put it into more product research, um, more professional labels, things like that, and mm-hmm. and used it for something that was better. Instead of just giving the NXL thousands of dollars for me to just even be there, um, I was able to put it back into my business and, and grow it to you know, to a, to a pretty big company now. So it was, yeah. it was kind of a blessing in disguise for sure. Yeah, I think so too. And, you know, without even knowing you, just hearing the story and what we were talking about, that it pissed me off because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, why? Because there's two hot dog stands, you're going to make, you're going to, you're going to force only one to be the sole proprietor of right. whatever it is they're selling. And, right. you know, when I heard about the CBD thing, I was like, why not? Why not bring more people? Why, if somebody is willing to spend, obviously it worked out for you in this way, but I mean, if if somebody is willing to spend thousands of dollars to hopefully even get back what they're putting in as far as travel and, 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 and hauling all of their product and what it's costing for the booth for the weekend, um, if they're just to hopefully get that back, like why not just let them? And, and everybody yeah. else is, like you said, they're making the same shit. Everybody has the same stuff. Everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody knows each other. But I, I don't know why, and I don't know if you were ever told why, they would make that decision of letting that company be the only one to sell that product. Yeah, well, it was... it was. I'm assuming um, somebody's on the end. It was someone on the inside. I They have one of... It's actually funny because... One of, and I'll send you who it is after this. I won't say it on the podcast. Let me try and I'll try and guess first. (laughs) One of their main um, brand ambassadors basically loves our products, right? And so one of the one of the guys who's big in paintball, big in the industry, he really loves our products. And but he's also in like he also is representing them. And so Um, because he, I'm sorry, because he wants to or because he has to. It was, I think it's because he signed up with them at first. Okay. And then now, now it's one of those things where he kind of has to and finish out the year. Sure. And finish out because I'm sure they gave him stuff to do this. Hmm. And, uh, but every day I have a message from him or he is commenting on something or he's yeah. doing something about our products. 
Um, and so, but basically, he, I was talking to him at, well, I was at the uh, Iron City Classic. You were there. Yeah. So I was talking to him, and he just said, he was just like, they just went to the right person at the right time. And it, was, it wasn't necessarily anything that was meant to be, you know, personal or attack or anything. Obviously, it mm -hmm. wasn't like that. But because no one knew that I was going to come into the NXL. But they just went to the right person at the right time, got this contract signed real quick. And then after that, it was done. And once it's signed, it's signed. You're you're set for the year. And then, you know, we're we're going to the fifth event. They've only made it to two of them, and it's something that if I would have went, I would have been at all of them. Sure. Um, but you know what? I I don't know how it would have played out. Um, and so I, and and there's no anger. And so when I had posted that video, the owner of that CBD company sent me a message. He was like, you know, if you if you have a problem, you know, send me a message. We'll talk about it. So right then, I sent him a message. I said, look, I said. You guys have this this uh, contract with the NXL. I said I don't think it's right. I think you guys are scared of a little competition, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I, I think you guys should change your mind and let us in. And he was just like, "Well, we didn't do that. The, we didn't do that. The NXL did that. Um, it was the NXL's choice, not ours." And I said, "Okay, then tell the NXL that you'll let us in." And they were just like, "Well, we can't do that." And I was just like, "All right." And so he was he commented on the video. And was like, if you have a problem, message me. So I sent it right then. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, you're gonna challenge me. I'm gonna send it to you right then. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the, it never went anywhere. And then I did mess with them a little bit, um, in the early stages because since I since we make everything and we make all of our logos and stuff, I I messed with some of our logos one time, added a few mountains, maybe a little sun to it to just kind of ruffle some more feathers, and it did very quickly. <laughs> um, so then I got another message, and so finally I was like, "All right, I gotta stop. I gotta stop playing around a little bit." And and uh, then I got more serious about it, and it's yeah. just kind of been a dream ever since. So. It's funny because I'm opening up my own CBD company called Slightly Activated, <laughs> and I don't Perfect. know how that's gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. I don't know nothing against those guys. I don't know anybody <laughs> over there that at least that I know of. <laughs> but I, right. I, you know, right. it's just it's it was just kind of shitty the way everything went down, and you know, I I know paintball along with business is all about politics and um that just it's all about who you know yeah i just left a bad taste in my mouth and was like man that's that it's exactly what you said it, it, it it's something that sounded like they were afraid of competition i, I don't know why the nxl would do that i mean i don't know i don't know it, i don't know yeah it's one of those things that i never got an answer um i'll never i will never get an answer and i've accepted that um it's not worth but it. the best way to explain what it felt like and I don't know if you can relate this I actually I feel like you can relate to this is like there's some players on teams that aren't good enough to be on that team it's just who they knew mm -hmm. to get on the team you know and that's with a lot of pro players too there's a lot of pro players that are on these pro teams that they're really not good enough to play pro but it's just who they knew at the time um, it's kind of it's kind of the same thing it's yeah. just it's who they knew at the right time and got in there and uh you know it's been a shit show ever since for them so I'm good with it. well it happens so what um <laughs> what uh what format did you did you prefer growing up did you play seven man as well as so actual? i played yeah i played everything i played 10 man seven man two man three man one man <laughs> x-ball um personally i do like x-ball honestly yeah. i do think i think x-ball was the right choice 
when when they went that direction. Right. Ten Man is yes, Ten Man is amazingly fun, and I think what they're doing now with Mechanical and In the Woods is amazing, and I definitely want to play next year. Um, but to collectively have ten guys together, um, is still very hard to do. And then you had some subs and things like that, and mm-hmm. and so it's I wouldn't say it's it's definitely not any more. X-Ball is way more expensive, so it's not a money factor. But right. just getting 10 guys for sure to show up. Because X-Ball, I've always said an X-Ball, a really good X-Ball team, has around seven to eight players, right? Anything more than that, I think you have too many. You're trying to you're trying to get too many people playing time and things like that. And so with X-Ball, I've always said, we had our best year in D2. We only had seven players, right? Yeah. And it was because you either performed or you lost. You didn't have an option. Mm-hmm. And so I think... Um, I liked 10-man. I liked 7-man. Unfortunately, I got into 7-man too late. So MPPL had, when it was really cool, like Huntington Beach and all those really cool places, I missed all that. I got it late when it was dying out. It wasn't the same. They had two fields. Yeah. And uh, and so I came in at too late, but 7-man was a ton of fun. I really liked that. And I like concept fields. I like not playing the exact same field over and over it's just a, that repetitive thing comes in and with x-ball that's all you do you just play this layout 400 times yeah and that's it you run with you being a snake player it's okay run to the snake make it don't die if you do you're gonna get yelled at and then mm-hmm. you do it again the next game you know and so i'm just i i liked having to think about the game the game seems like you don't have to think about it anymore it's very just run here shoot this that's it yeah, if you don't get die. shot, all right, right. Don't die. That's all it is. Don't die. Do better is what Greg Pauly says. <laughs> yeah, you know. And so, it's one of those things that um, I think we have dumbed the game down. Yeah. In order to try to make it more appealing to more people, but I think it, at the end they, we just dumbed the game down. It, mm. it took thinking out of it. And so, yes, I do like X Ball the most, but I also think it's the easiest thing to play because it's just cut and dry. I mean, it's do this, that's it. Don't do anything else. Right. And uh, so, yeah, but, I mean, if I if I didn't say X-Ball, it would be, probably be seven-man. I played two-man in the cage back at, this is probably before you, but they used to have Ultimate Arena two-man. Yeah. Um, and you played in this tiny cage, and it was terrifying. Um, I played that, and that was probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. I'd rather play one-on-ones. Yeah. Um, but man, that two-man arena in this like twenty by sixty arena, you it was basically close quarters, throw man. paint at each other. Oh my god! I'm surprised rough. more people didn't get hurt. Well, they probably stopped doing it for a reason because everybody was scared <laughs> of it. And then yeah. we played the exact same arena that they did two-man in. We did a three-man in, Ugh. and that's just way too many people. There's just too many people in that little arena. You're shooting refs. I yeah. mean, it's bad. It's, yeah, it was it was fun, but um, I would definitely prefer X-Ball for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm more of a seven man guy myself. I like I like having a little bit more room to play around with as far as field dimensions, and then also having those. I mean, people are so tired of probably hearing me talk about this fucking thing, but like semi auto, you know, and 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 having a couple more guys out there, and it, I don't know. I feel like it was more natural feeling than the ramping and the X ball of today, which is still fun. Um, yeah. And, and not knowing the layouts, too. On top of that, I, I think a lot of that organic play has kind of been lost. But rejuvenated, rejuvenated in this 10-man uh, mechanical 
um, solution. And I think I, I was talking to someone. I forget who the hell was I talking to. I, I don't forget. I forget who it was, but they were saying that how how we're going to grow paintball is we make it more fun for the player. Uh, we make the experience better for the player. We bring we bring the tournaments back to how they used to be, where the the uh, the the vendor area was huge. There are people all over the place. People want to stay at the field and be at the field because of that community feeling. You know, mm-hmm. nobody wanted to. I feel like now a lot of it is watch games, play paintball, go to the hotel, and then and then that's it. Yep. Yeah, and then leave. Nobody wants to stay and like be a part of the whole thing. But mm-hmm. and um, I feel like we need to get back to there and then figure out a way to display that, whether it be on Facebook Live, showing games, and also behind the scenes stuff, which I think is mm-hmm. a must. I think also, I think show some games. Yeah, uh, I don't think anybody will sit down and watch game a through game z i think they'll you know blow their brains out but i i think if you do that and intermittently kind of show like walk through the vendors and talk to pros and do this and do that all during the live feed um and maybe even being be able to switch from channel to channel as far as like okay this is the game feed and the webcast feed this is the uh the the pro uh maybe podcast uh ish feed where they're right. they're talking to pros and they're talking to vendors and in this and that and they're walking through I don't know it's yep. it's just but I think getting down to the point is 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 making the experience better again for the player and I think once that happens right. I think we're gonna take a huge step forward. Yeah, and and just just like you said, like towards the end, even now, honestly, I you, everybody does it. It's just like almost like herding cattle, but they just they you just go through the vendors, you go straight to the field, and then you come straight back. That's it. You don't look at the vendors. You don't. Every now and then, you might do. You might look at something, but really, you don't walk past. You don't visit anybody or, or look at anything. And you know, yep. World Cup is a little bit different. World Cup in the sense that people actually go there to spend money and look at right. the new stuff coming out. So, World Cup's always different. But the other four events, it's it's purely just walking through. And if you look at the vendor chart at these NXLs, it's it's pretty weak. I mean, there's yeah, there's different. not a lot going on. You just have your main your main people there. You got your GI, your Empire. Um, which I mean, you know, one company pretty much owns all of paintball now, but mm-hmm. it's it's one of those things that you which have your scary. main things there, and that's it. Yeah, that yeah. is scary. But you know, just like you said, that would be really cool to have something where it's more open to the public. I know a lot of people that run um, a lot of things in Go Sports, and they said that they did that live stream on the divisional field. The live stream on the divisional field had way more viewers than the Go Sports feed of the pro field did. Now I do know that you you do have to pay for the Go Sports feed, but there were more. But just the one free live feed, there was hundreds of people watching. Yeah. And throughout the weekend, there was thousands of people watching overall. And it's just like, man, why not? Why not offer it? It's something as simple as let Lauren Kelly walk around with the phone and just talk to people live. Yeah. You know, it's something. It's something as simple as that. And uh, it doesn't have to be some. I think they try to overthink too many things, and they try to throw too much technology at it. Give Lauren the phone, make her walk around, talk to some pro players. I bet you that would be a huge hit over, you know, just some some video of a, of a pro game or something like that. I could mm. guarantee it. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's a ton of different options. And that's why I asked you before we did this, what are your thoughts on a live one, right? Um, even if it's not huge, offer that, show, show people talking and things like that. Because, like I said, I have a huge marketing background, and, and I love doing videos. You see our videos all the time. We're always yeah. doing live streams on the page, and it generates us a lot of business. Um, and so I think – and it's simple. We, we just use our phone to do our live stream. We get, a, we get 
I mean, not a huge amount of viewers, but our page isn't that big. But, you know, I, I can guarantee after that live stream, the next day we have people come into our shop because of that live stream. Mm -hmm. And I'll take that all day long. If I can have one person come into the live stream or one person come into the shop the next day and buy something for me because I did, you know, a 20 minute live stream talking about our products, I'll do that all day long. Yeah. And uh, so I think I think our mindset's wrong with the paintball industry on how to promote it. I don't have the money or the power to fix it. Yeah. And so, you know, we can we can talk about it all day long, but it's one of those things that the people who do have the power and the money, they, you know, they're pretty set in their ways. So. Yeah. I have an opinion and a microphone, and that's about uh, exactly. and a platform <laughs> exactly. to be able to bitch. Well, I'm not even bi- I'm not right. really bitching because they they do so much good. There's so much good that goes into yeah. it and so much mm-hmm. time and effort. Not that I'm, you know, I don't want anybody to think that I'm like um, uh, you know, totally against the NXL and totally against Go Sports and against you know this and that. I'm not like I'm all about going forward, and I think they are. Yeah. It's just you know helping to take the right steps, and that's when yeah. I, I had mentioned the advantage bunker of possibly being a new way of like of of scoring points and and this and that and um you know that's all I'm trying to do is is help grow the game the tournament side yeah. obviously we, we want the yeah. whole thing to grow but the tournament side i, I want to see i want to see grow yeah. and i i, I want to go back to we were talking about um you know kind of how a lot of the divisional players and even pros go right to the field or go right to the bleachers go home do this and that i i what i think as we were talking about it, it kind of came to me i was like you know what i think it is is it is so serious now it is such a serious game to to not fuck around at events or anything like that which people still do but i think it was a lot more back then a little more lackadaisical as far as like um not commitment because there were there were guys that were committed and everything back then but it's it's tough what i'm trying to say but it's like there wasn't such this you know, hard nose, like you have to do this and this and this and be back to the hotel and this and this. Like it was, yeah, it was like that. But I mean, we yep. interacted with people and we, we enjoyed being at the event because you only do it five times a year. I mean, back then it was 10, 11, 12 times a year. Yeah. With, with both. Yeah. yeah but, um, but you enjoyed your time there and you made it worth your while. And you, you were not only just, kind of walking around doing whatever you were representing your team you were representing your sponsors you were getting your face out there you were interacting with people and it was it was a marketing thing along with you know just being friends it was an experience exactly it was was an experience meeting meeting friends talking to people and and you know it seems like now it there's there's it there seems like a clear line if you're losing you're mad you just want to get back to the hotel right you don't want to talk to anybody you just want to go to the hotel if it's saturday get or if it's friday get your game plans together and try and, you know, fix it on Saturday. So there's no hanging around. Everybody's kind of angry if you, you know, go 0-2 on a, on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the guys the guys who win, you know, they are a little more relaxed, but they're also still um, – I like – I know for us when we would play, you know, Friday, Saturday and had a, you know, a winning record going on to Sunday, I wouldn't want to do anything. I yeah. literally just went to the hotel. I cleaned my stuff up. I, I never washed my pants. It was like a ritual thing, but, you know, whatever. We all had our rituals. I didn't wash my gear at all if we're doing well. Right. And, uh, and it was one of those things that you're like, okay, we have a chance at this, so let's not mess it up. Go home. Let's get a team dinner. Let's go over some game plans, have a meeting. Everybody has their team meetings now. Yeah. And uh, go to bed and get ready to do it tomorrow. And so, yes, it's, it's not as 
this might be the wrong word, but it's not as fun to experience the whole thing anymore because yeah. everybody's just so used to it now. It's just like all the vendors are exactly the same. So what what am I here to look at? Everything's mm-hmm. exactly the same, right? Yeah. There's nothing new here. There's nothing exciting here. It's basically just like you're just you're, you're just practicing now at a national event. It's it's the same thing. You roll into practice. You get your stuff on. You play. It's the same thing now. And it's sad, but you know, I mean, it's it's just kind of how the industry led itself. I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I remember being at the field for a while before we even started playing, and it was just kind of getting me in the groove, kind of just getting me in the mood to play. I mean, that's why I like playing in the afternoons. Mornings were kind of rough for me. One thing I did like about mornings, though, especially on Fridays, you were the first one to play the field, and you the grass was nice, and it was oh, it was so good. And then you get that that dew on the grass; the slides are nice. You're not hurting yourself yet. Yeah, I was I was a morning person. I wasn't an evening person because I liked to wake up, get right to it. As soon as I wake up, let's get out there and play. Like that's when I have my most energy. I'm ready to go. Right? Evenings, you sat around in the hot sun all day. You were you ate something stupid for lunch if you had afternoon games, and uh, you you sit around you make you adjust your game plans that you probably shouldn't adjust because you watched some other team do something stupid and it worked one point. Yeah. So you're like, you know what, it worked for them. Why don't we try it? And then it doesn't work. And so I think it made me uh, think too much when we had evening games, and uh, that it would get to my head for sure. But yeah, I mean, this was. You know, I also miss uh, the Saturday night players parties. They were fun. They were, they were super they were fun. Good. Reg- yeah, regardless, they were always fun. I remember back then, regardless of whether teams were winning or losing, you would have people show up. And, oh, yeah. And it was everybody just, showed up. Everybody showed up. Everybody, everybody showed up and drank. And, and one thing, um, this is something I, you have got to know about, is so at World Cup, they have the downtown, right? And there's that main bar downtown. They played paintball videos. Sun on the beach Everybody would like go that, there. Yeah, they everybody would go there and get just hammered all night it was like a saturday night so most people still to play the next day or whatever Mm -hmm. it was those that was so much fun to do you went out with the team you were having a good time everybody was drinking just having fun yeah and now if you if you go downtown now it's it is not the same or old town or whatever they call it yeah it's not the same you don't really see any paintball players there anymore it's just different now Mm -hmm. and so the vibe the the it was almost just like paint. It was. It, this is true in a sense. It was like paintball in itself was smaller, but it was more of a family, and everybody had f- more fun or had fun together. Yeah. Right. Now it's now it is much bigger, and everybody. It seems like everybody just like hates each other. Yeah, I <laughs> know. There's so many. Everybody just seems to hate each other now. So. Uh, yeah, dude. I, the for the parties, I remember when I was playing on Tip and Effect, I would go to the parties just to rub elbows with all the pros, and. Yeah. I remember, I remember like trying to pick like I remember there was a rule. It was at least for the older guys. Now they they told me they were like, "There's a rule when you go out, like when you leave the paintball field, and if you're not at the hotel or whatever, then you leave the paintball talk like at the hotel or at the paintball field. If you if we went out, we went to dinner. If we went out to you know if a players party or anything like that." No talking paintball. And, of course, when I was yeah. on Tipman Effect, I was like, this is my opportunity to talk paintball. Right. <laughs> so, like, right. All, these, all these guys. Yeah. This, is, this is all I want to do. Yeah. Oh, dude, even <laughs> when I got on uh, – I remember even when I got on Excessive, I, I tracked down uh, Oliver. And 
he probably doesn't even remember this, but I, tr- I tracked down Oliver and I was like, I was like, Hey man, I'm the, I'm the new kid on excessive. And I was just fucking chirping his ear off. Just, I was, I was uh, nerding out just for sure. One of those kids, yeah. one of those kids man. And, and it's yeah. weird though. Eventually, you know, eventually I turned into one of those guys where I was like, I was friends with all of them. And then I started kind of getting recognized and it's weird. There was that, there's that transition that happens when you become one of the people you looked up to. Um, yeah. and, and it's such a weird transition because I feel the same. I feel the same, but I know what it felt like back then to like put people on a yeah. pedestal and have it kind of right. be this whole, um, you know, uh, pro right. lifestyle and, and, you know, nobody really knows too much about you, I, which I think now it, since they know more about you, it makes you more popular. And yeah. it was, it's, it's such a cool thing to see. Even when I get messages now or or comments or questions it's just cool to hear people talk about you know their experience and 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 either listening to the podcast or watching me play and just be some kind of an influence on either their life in general or their their paintball uh their paintball life right right and 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 you know growing up and playing i never saw it you know to the extent that you saw it but when we were semi-pro we you know we only won one event in semi-pro which is still it was hard to do i mean that's you know something hard to do and so but like you know being on the webcast and stuff like that and then you had some of the kids at the field some of the local kids were watching the webcast and when you get back the next weekend um they you know they they would talk to me about it and they, mm-hmm. they were watching me and stuff like that and so it was never to an extent you know like you had or pros have but even just that little bit was so cool to have these kids who watched the webcast watch us play watched us win and you know got to see you and now they recognize you and they want to talk to you about it mm-hmm. it was so it's just so it's such a cool feeling it really is it really yeah. is a cool feeling and and uh i could see how you would just soak that up because it would just be good to hear all the time for oh, sure yeah. well yeah <laughs> I, it's definitely good to hear um you know the good things but also there was you know it's not bad you know you, you get your enemies as you're growing up and and you're coming oh, yeah. through the ranks and everything but you know i was always taught growing up man you just te- you just treat people how you want to be treated and i i enjoyed yeah. talking to people and and finding out people's stories and and just listening yeah. to people and and uh, that's what helped me kind of move my paintball career too is just be humble right. be humble yeah. obviously be a savage on the field as much as you can uh which i tried to be and uh but just would, be humble I, off I, the field i think i think you're the same you're the same way in the sense that me on the field is totally different from me off of the field right mm-hmm. If I see you on the field, like I'm pretty much out there to hurt you. But if yeah. I see you off the field, hey man, we're good. Like what's up? Yeah, you know. And so, and and I feel like playing in well, even with semi-pro, there's only a certain amount of teams, so you play a lot of the same teams over and over, right? right? Well, in pro, you play a ton of the same teams. It's all you do. You play the same guys over and over. And so, I'm sure you have your your enemies that are out there to hurt your hurt. You know, you're out there to hurt each other, and mm-hmm. you have those guys out there that you know if you get shot by him, you know whatever. If if you shoot him, then all right, whatever. But um, yes, yeah, so I could, I can see that. Oh yeah. There's plenty of that, at least for me, but I'm one of those, I, I have like these superstitions and I have these, like oh these God, rituals so that I do before, like oh, I'm man. getting ready, dude. I had, okay. So this is how weird I am. So I had a different color shirt for each day, a red t-shirt for, well, towards the end, it was gray first Friday, green for uh Saturday and then red for Sunday. And then all my socks were, were blue and gray striped socks for friday and then yeah. uh like 
black and black and gray for uh, Saturday and then red and gray for Sunday. And then I, I put my headbands on a certain way. I had to put yeah. I had to put my pack on before I put my headgear on. <laughs> Dude, it was I, See, that's that's a lot. Yeah, there was a lot, that's but a lot. it was all subconscious. Like it was just like it was no big deal because I've just been doing it for so right. long that I was like it's right. not weird. And then when I actually right. talk about it, I'm like I had a lot of weird little things that I did just to think yeah. that it, that's who I was yeah. or who I am. I really only I had two two big ones. So I wouldn't wash my gear at events, right? And um we I I'm not going to say we started the trend, but I feel like we did mm-hmm. because it did start happening until after we started doing this. But we started getting a new custom jersey for every single event, right? So every event we had some sort of custom different jersey, right? Now, I'm not talking just like we changed the colors. Like the one Chicago event, we did the the Indians logo, but it was Steve's head. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I remember that. Right. And so we did something unique every event, and then it's then AC Dallas started doing it, mm. and so. I'm, but every time we got new jerseys, we couldn't. You we had to either play in them at a practice before the event, and they always came in like Wednesday before the event. Right. Raza would get them in. I feel like pay, that's and all so, paintball gear, dude. It's always like last minute. Right. Every, at least for us, it's it was always last minute. Yeah, back always, to truck. Yeah, like. Yeah, like Thursday Thursday evening or Friday morning, all of a sudden the jerseys are coming in. You're standing in the pits. You're trying to put your jerseys on. Yeah. And so it would Hoping get to the fits. point where the jerseys had to have paint on them for me. And actually it turned out for a lot of the players on the team, we started doing this. If we couldn't practice in them the day before, we would literally lay them out and shoot them on the ground and get dirt on them and make them dirty before we played. And uh, I wouldn't change my undershirt. My undershirt had to be exactly the same for the whole mm-hmm. event, and I wouldn't wash my jersey or pants. They had to stay dirty. And then the last thing, and I know you'll know what I'm talking about, the strap that holds the poles up for the net mm-hmm. that comes down at an angle, I won't walk under them. I have to walk around them. I can see Because I've that. always, they always sing where they say, don't walk under a, a ladder, mm-hmm. right? I just took that into effect with these straps. Don't walk under those straps. And so... If you ever saw me at an event, I always walked out and around those straps. I wouldn't walk yeah. under them. And so that was really it, though. Dude, how unsafe? How unsafe is the Chrono area in the uh, at the field? Dude, I'm surprised. That is the one thing where I have had so many ideas to make that safer and just a different. Like you're shooting at a five, you know, a four inch tube into a into a bucket dude that was the most that they don't change uh, that they don't change like there's so many different other things that you can do and it's yeah. so unsafe so unsafe yeah. and you know what else I, I thought about too is that the um the regular stations the the air fill stations have not changed and how many times have people you you have to operate you have to hold your marker in one hand click it yeah. in and then operate the valve with the other so who knows if that's on or not so right. I have I have a a few different ideas for, for uh, valves where you actually um, you operate something with either a knee or a foot pedal and you do it that way. That way you can have your hand on the hose and the other one on your marker. And, um, yeah. but just, just stuff like that, that I'm like, man, dude, we could do this better. And that's kind of how um, Matt and I from the NPL, how we kind of got that going and we had all these ideas and we tried to mesh them together and tried to make the, the best of the playing side, the player's experience side, and then also throw in the media side. So we were going to try and have that trifecta, and everybody thought it was a great idea until it time it came time to like actually, you know, 
show up and nobody did right. and we were just like fuck right. we're just out of water right. but that's yeah, another story that's a that's another yeah. story but um yeah. i want to get into uh when when cbd came into your life uh how did that and, and when did that happen and what was your transition i mean were you on board right away or did you have to uh, kind of be convinced by some uh some certain thing that happened before you were 100 percent in yeah, so I am a, a how I approach CBD was it started four years ago basically, and I was a, like a lot of people I was like snake oil you know I, I mm-hmm. don't believe in it it's how how could this how could this weird oil out of a plant do anything for you you know, and I do think before I get too deep into this there is absolutely a place for medicine and doctors there's absolutely a place but there's also a place for you know natural medicines and natural healings and stuff like that mm-hmm. we need both. You know, one one or the other isn't I don't think is um, is more important than the other, you know. And so um, and I've learned that more and more as I've built this company. But it basically started four years ago. I my uh, mother in law, she had uh, breast cancer and she was out of Rhode Island, which is actually where um, we started growing our plants is out of Rhode Island, because mm-hmm. licensing there was super simple. <laughs> so they would give anybody a license to grow. Yeah. And so we started we started there. And she uh, so she had breast cancer, she was going to do the whole thing, chemo, all that kind of stuff. And the doctor said, she goes, the chemo and the radiation, you know, whatever you're going to get, only has a 3% chance of it helping you at all. Right? Well, 3% chance, that's not very good. It doesn't matter what you're doing, yeah. right? And so we were like, okay, why don't we just like hold off for a second and we'll look at some other stuff. So we started researching the THC side, what it can do to kill cancer cells, the CBD side, what it can do to shrink tumors and things like that. So now with her, we did more of a 50-50. Um, so it was like 50, or, you know, 50% THC, 50% CBD. Um, so it was a stronger thing. It's something that could get you high. Um, so she was kind of, you know, stoned for a little bit, but whatever. And, uh, and so we were working with that and we were, you know, changing oils. And then I saw how expensive it was to do. And I said, you know, we could do this for a fraction of the cost. All we have to do is just learn some stuff, um, you know, and, and figure it out. And we could do this for way cheaper and we could actually help people. So, Long story short, that was four years ago. She's now two years totally breast cancer free. All she did was switch up her diet a little bit. She mm-hmm. cut out a lot of processed foods and she was on the oils, right? That made me a believer pretty much right then. Um, once she went in for her last, you know, test and stuff like that, and I said, you know, it's it's gone. You're you're doing really good. I was just like, okay, cool. And uh, so I started to really believe it then. And then testing the products on myself, I noticed a big difference with a lot of pains and sleeping and stuff like that. And, uh, but I didn't, I had products made, but it was for myself and and for family and stuff. So I didn't release anything to the public. I didn't advertise that I had CBD products. It was just, you know, if I had a knee pain or if a friend had a knee pain, I say, Hey, slap this on there, see how it works. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was also working full time at the paintball field. At this point I was running the paintball field full time. I was working seven days a week. It's what I did. I ran the field. Um, and my parents were you know, basically retired. I mean, they would be there every now and then, but right. it was one of those things that they were off doing their thing, living their lives. And so I didn't have time to do this. Well, December of 2018. So last year, um, you know, I had a, I just, I just had a moment where I was like, man, I'm just not happy anymore. I want to do something different. 
I want to make more money. Um, and I, I just want to change up my life a little bit. And so I said, you know, I'm just, let's just go for it. And so then I started actually figuring out labels, figuring out products, not for myself, but for a customer, right? Figuring out my customer base, how long it takes a product or how long a product lasts in your hand. So with you, say with your oil, your oil will last you 30 days if you take the recommended servings, right? Mm -hmm. uh, your gummies, things like that. So I started calculating how many days it would take for you that I know you would come back. And I started working out a business plan and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and so then now it's just, it's gone so far so fast. It's turned into this monster and I'm having a hard time keeping up with it uh, in a good way though. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that if you saw the shop when I opened June 1st, we actually opened our shop. Now March was when we actually got our business license um, to sell products and I started doing online sales, doing events, things like that. And then the demand came. I said, okay, let's open a shop. So June 1st, I opened a shop. And then if you would look at my shop on June 1st to compare what it looks like now, it is, if you if you walked in, it was unrecognizable. It has changed that much just in these, you know, a few short months. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's been, it's been really good, but it's also been challenging in the sense that it's grown so fast that I'm trying to keep up with what people want and how they want things to look. Right. You know, I want I want things to look a certain way, but that doesn't mean my customers want things to look a certain way. And so it's uh but yeah, that's kinda how I started. It started with my mother in law and, and breast cancer and she's now, you know, breast cancer free and that made me a believer and then I realized I could help people for the for the fraction of the cost that most other C B D companies can do for. Um, yeah. and so I can I can offer a an all natural product that I you know, no can help you um, for you know half the cost that most of the companies in the country can do. So yeah, yeah. So I think I, I think that's one of the biggest things is is that there's so much out there too now that I think people become overwhelmed. They don't have the right information and they just try brand A, and then nothing yep. happens. <clears throat> and then they maybe will try brand C, and if they still don't have any kind of effect, then they're just like. I feel like yeah. you kind of give up on it. So I think that's yeah. where you guys come in, um, where you have a great product no matter what you try, um, and and you have the the support and the information to to back it up and to keep the returning customers. Right, and it's it's been a I I will sit here and tell everybody it doesn't matter who they are I'll tell everyone that I am not a I don't know every single thing there is to know about CBD and nobody does right. right? there's still research and, and there's things that we'll learn forever. We'll learn about it. Things that it can help with things that it won't help with, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not, I'm not someone who, you know, I do know a lot about it. It is my business. It's what I, you know, specialize in, but it's one of those things that it's endless. It's yeah. an endless thing. It'll always be endless. You'll never know exactly, you know, all the details with it. Um, and, and every day someone comes into the shop with a different disease or a different, pain or something like that and it's something that every single day I, I learn something new and uh, yeah. I really like that about it it's it's one of those things it's not just some uh, nine to five where you file these papers and that's all you do all day right. right it's every single day there's a customer that comes in that has a different problem or a different disease that I can't pronounce or, or this mm -hmm. or that and I like that aspect and I like selling stuff I like selling yeah. people I like trying to sell people it's it's like a challenge to me. Um, and so I do like, it's, it's now my thrill to sell you something. The same thrill that I had trying to win, you know, an NXL event mm -hmm. is now my thrill is trying to sell something to you. Yeah. And so, 
Um, but yeah, it's it's been um, it's been really cool, and we started it for good reasons. And uh, I wish I put a little more work and research into it when I first started than this last year. But you know what? It was it was what I was served, and and so I feel like you know we're doing pretty good with it with what we've what we've been served so far. So yeah, yeah, it's really good to hear that you guys are doing well. Um, you know, and then with getting to know you and, and talking about your product and, and having a relationship now with, uh, with being a sponsor of the podcast, it's been, it's been really cool. And, and, and you are open for, uh, you know, what works, right? So, okay. Mm-hmm. This doesn't work. Okay. Let's, let's try this now. You know, we've, we've had success with this with other people and this, and, right. and, you know, I've had my parents on certain things and I use certain things and, and, uh, it, it's good, the variety of product that you have. And, um, mm-hmm. And I'm always open. I'm always open uh, for experimentation too, because you never know where. And especially with something that is so natural as that, you know, as as CBD or as um, I'm, I'm taking uh, lion's mane mushrooms at the moment. Mm. Uh, the little yeah. little capsules, capsules, and supposed to help cognitive abilities. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm always down for anything that is that is natural, because the last thing I want to do. I, I've been weaning my dad off. Um, he's addicted to painkillers, you know, yeah, and, and that's a, he, that's a tough, and that's uh, a very scary road too. That's a scary road, scary, man. Yeah. We have, we have kids, parents that bring their kids, I mean, 10, 11 years old that are addicted to painkillers into the shop, trying to find something to get them off these painkillers. And yeah. it's, it's painkillers that doctors prescribe to kids, oh, it's scary. you know, and, and we have, we have kids on severe ADHD medications that their doctors gave them. I'm talking like um, to the point where these kids are taking these medications, they're sitting in school drooling on themselves. It's so bad. And, and so we see a lot of sad things in the mm-hmm. shop and we, we work with a lot of people that are in really bad situations. Um, and, and so there's also, you know, the pride in that too, trying to help these people in more of a natural sense. And I always tell people we're, we're here to help you. We're not here to rip you off. We're not here to do that. And, uh, one of the shirts that we're making that's coming out, it says we get you, uh, we don't get you high. We get you healthy. Yeah. And so that's a shirt that we got coming out. But it's kind of something that we that we stand by. Just just like with your dad, that's something that it's such a scary road, and it can end in a very bad place if you mm-hmm. don't get it corrected. And so we, I see that a lot down here for sure. Yeah. And ever since ever since taking that, um, he, ever, ever ever since breaking that habit, he's taking CBD now. He's also uh, smoking a little bit. <laughs> so now he's yeah. like. He's just an all-around happier guy. My mom has, uh, uh, you know, told me things that are just his personality is changing for the good. He's back to his old ways of just being loving and laughing and 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 this and that. Yeah. And that's that's really good to see. And that's what I was hoping for yeah. out of the whole thing. Yeah, and and that's one of those things that that's what you want at the end of the day is that you want someone to be themselves, right? You don't want a drugged-up version of them. Yeah. You want them to be their natural, healthy selves. And and people have pains, right? We mm-hmm. get that. That's what we're here to help with. People have anxiety. You know, I have anxiety. I can't tell you how many times with the shop I'm sitting there just like breathing heavy because, you know, we're in such a weird business and we're in such a gray area and there's so yeah. many people against us but also for us. It's it's endless. And so – but that's, that's the biggest thing is that CBD can help you in so many different ways. And people are like, well, it's uh, – People will be like, well, so it's a miracle thing? No, it's not a miracle thing. Basically, your body has two cannabinoid receptors in it, right? You just don't use them, 
right? CBD gets you to start using them and you start using them and they directly trigger your brain to help with pains, to help calm you down. And so CBD oil necessarily doesn't do the actual work. It triggers your body to start doing the work. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's a big thing. And, and, um, just getting people to just be normal again. Yeah. It, it's, it's been a really big challenge, but it's been really good. And so we actually just changed our oils, right? So now I changed it. We now offer a 500 milligram, a 750 milligram, a thousand milligram, a 1500 milligram and a 2000 milligram. So I now offer five oils when I was just offering three before. And that's because, you know, working with some local doctors and a lot of people, that's what we came to. Hmm. You know, anything over 2,000, you're getting too much, right? Your body's just treats it like a vitamin. It's just peeing it out at that point. If you ever right. see, you know, a CBD oil at 4,000 milligrams or actually, if you ever see anything on Amazon, that is not CBD oil. That's hemp seed oil. I just yeah. want to put that out there for anybody listening. Amazon does not allow the sale of CBD oil, so please don't buy it off Amazon. But if you ever see really, really high milligrams, you always have to check the ingredients because your body can only take in so much. Mm-hmm. And anything over anything over two thousand milligrams, your it's your body's just you're wasting your money at that point. Yeah. Um, and so we adjusted our oils to fit a lot of our customers and and with some doctor recommendations and things that we've been testing and working on. And uh, we just released that this week. I haven't even posted pictures about it yet. Yeah, so nice. Those nice. those will be coming out probably tomorrow. So. So what uh, what is your prefer uh, intake of CBD? It depends on what I'm doing, right? So if I'm sleeping, I take our nighttime CBD because mm-hmm. it does have a low dose of melatonin. We do understand that melatonin doesn't you know, work for everybody. Um, it works amazing for me and it does work really good for a lot of people. Um, and so, and then also you have the CBD that helps you, you know, sleep at night as well. Mm-hmm. I take that just to sleep because I have a hard time staying asleep. So I'll fall asleep pretty quickly. I don't really need anything for that, but it's I'll wake up in two hours and then be up for two hours and fall asleep for two hours and then be up for two hours. Yeah. And so taking the nighttime um, oil for me, and that's only a recent thing. I was just using our regular oils. Um, it's just I started taking the nighttime because we released it and I've been testing it for the last few months anyway. Um, so the nighttime oils for me at night, uh, long road trips, I use the vape juice because I get really bad back pain in the car for too long. Mm. And the vape juice helps me tremendously with back pain. If I'm feeling really anxious or I'm having a bad day or, the, you know, say the shop's not having a good day or something like that, um, I'll either eat the gummies or I'll smoke some of the flour. Yeah. So that's that's me. So like Bethany, um, she does the oil. She does the oil like you're supposed to. She does it twice a day. It's helped her. We have actually gotten her off of um, some anxiety medicines and, and depression medications and things like that just by taking the oil. So she sticks true to that. Uh, our daughter, we give her the gummies. Mm-hmm. We've seen a tremendous difference in how she acts at school and, and doing homework and things like that. So really? she's on the gummies now. Yeah. Yep. That was my, that was another question I had for you was, uh, uh, is, is what is the recommended age for you to start using uh, low doses of mili- uh, CBD? Well, so you don't ever want to go under two years old. They don't need it. Um, anything over two, you can start giving it to them. It's an all natural product. Right. And, and this is, I'm only speaking for my brand, but it's an all natural product. And so it's something that you can absolutely give the kids. Uh, and it's up to the parents' discretion. You can give it to your kids if you want to. There's no law against it. You, there, there's no law saying that you can't. We, um, you know, choose to sell to people 18 and older just 
because it protects us business wise. Sure. Uh, but we we have a lot of parents that give it to their kids. We've had doctors that give it to kids, and um, and so our two year old she doesn't need it. She's just wild, whatever. Our eight year old she does need it. Um, the doctor wanted to put her on medication, and I was just like, no, we're we're not doing yeah. that. Um, and so we give her what we do is we take the thirty milligram gummies, we cut them in half, and we give her. A half of it a day so she gets 15 milligrams a day and even her teacher said I don't know what you've been doing ever since you know such and such she's completely changed she's more she pays more attention in school um, and also the kids like it because they're eating a gummy they're not forced to take a pill right, or something right. like that and so um, and I've seen the change with my daughter and firsthand with some of the kids that come in I've seen kids come in that are running circles around the shop licking the glass I mean just <laughs> doing the weirdest stuff right and then once we get them on the gummies, the kids will come in, just kind of chill, say hi, and sit there, watch TV. And it's not like they're they're drugged up or anything like that. They're just happy. Yeah. But they're not they're not just wildly happy. And there is a limit though, with a kid being a kid and a kid actually having you know some sort of problem. And I do right. think a lot of times that's blurred because sometimes parents wants their wants their kid to be calm and they're like, well, he has a problem. No, he doesn't have a problem. He's just a kid. And then Ritalin comes and, in and yeah. Exactly. And so there is that's a hard line to fight all the time with parents. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we don't we don't have any say. But it's one of those things that, you know, just um, with kids, the gummies are the best thing that we've seen work so far. They hate the oils. They don't like yeah. taking oil. It doesn't taste great. My son and likes the dog really treats. No other option. Yeah, they're no, all I'm natural. Just they're all natural we we just baked a fresh batch today actually but yeah my dog loves them man he's like he hears me crinkle the bag out of the fridge and he's like he runs into the kitchen and that's what i was thinking about actually having my son try so he's he's gonna be four in march and uh, i was thinking of again uh trying the gummies out for him and, and seeing if that helps him kind of kind of hone in a little bit more yeah and it's also just just give him some and see how he reacts to it right they're gummies. Kids love gummies. Well, right. most kids love gummies. So he'll eat it all day long. But it's up to you to sit there, you know, and pay attention and see how he starts acting. Like with my daughter, it was very obvious. Yeah. Um, I mean, she was wild. And when she came home, she she would just want to run around the house. She wouldn't want to do homework or anything like that. And now she's, you know, getting to the point where she has homework every single night. And she wouldn't want to do any of this stuff. So we said, all right, why don't we try it? So we put her on the gummies. And uh, now she comes right home sits down she has a great day at school she tells me how her day went she sits there she does her homework and then we you know we'll go to the um if i get her over to the shop with me she'll help me you know label something or do whatever but she's just a lot calmer now yeah and it's it's noticeably calmer and so i'll take that any day yeah any day absolutely uh where did the name melaville come from nowhere it's uh, it has no meaning it has no uh significant you know, value to me personally. I mean, now it does, obviously, but um, it was one of those things that originally our company wasn't called this. It was called CBD Daily Dose. Um, and then sounds what like a I CBD realized, podcast, right? And so what I <laughs> what I realized is it didn't. There's too many companies out there that have the word CBD in their name, which doesn't isn't good for anybody that wants to be in business with CBD, right? Mm-hmm. So banks. Banks, credit card processors, websites, all these things don't, won't let you do a lot of stuff, right? Um, and if you have the word CBD in your name, they really won't do anything right. with you. 
And so I realized that very quickly. Um, and also when you Googled, when you Googled it, too much other stuff came up um, for me to be comfortable with it. So Melovio, you Google Melovio, it's gonna, it's pretty unique. Mm -hmm. There's there, nothing else is going to come up, just Melovio. And, uh, and also it catches people attention and they have to ask me about it. Yeah. Um, they have to ask me how you say it. And that's, then I can strike a conversation with that person and then start working them. So it was kind of a marketing strategy strategy. Uh, and then also it has the word mellow in it, which I use for a ton of marketing things. Um, I mean, we like, we have our hashtag shop mellow, mellow merch, all that kind of stuff. And then also for Valentine's day, it has the word love in it, which we use for, uh, advertising. So it was more of a marketing strategy to get people's attention. It's really mm -hmm. what it was. And it just turned into, yeah, it, it had no meaning. But it yeah. turned into something with a lot of meanings. Was it? Out. I mean, were you kind of just sitting around one day and then you just woke up out of a daydream and you're like, Melavio. And like, that <laughs> no, was no, it? No, no, no. I saw it. Um, we were uh, on Google somewhere just scrolling through. Have you ever done those name generators? You know what I'm talking about? I, like I think you so. You put in like, you do like boy name generators or girl name oh, generators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're having a kid, you don't really know. Well, we were scrolling through one of those one day because we were like, I, I said, I was like, I don't like the name of the business. We need to change it before we get our licensing and all that stuff. And so we were just scrolling through and there was Mellow V-E, which had no meaning to it. So it was M-E-L-L-O-V-E. And I was like, why don't we just throw an O on the end of it and then be Mellow V-O. And then it rolls just, off the tongue. Yeah, it. we were done. That was it. Yeah, and it was it was a little smoother. Um yeah, and exactly. It rolls off the tongue. So. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I think that's a I think that's a great spot to call it a wraps. But where where can people yeah. find all of your products, um, and and what are all your social media uh, tags? Yeah. So we you can find all of our products online at mellowvo.com. Uh, we do have some codes and stuff like that that you can use to get some discounts. We always have giveaways going on. Um, to find our giveaways and all these stuff. Uh, more up-to-date stuff is our our Instagram at Melovio and our Facebook at Melovio. Um, but other than that, we keep the Instagram and the Facebook up-to-date the most, and the website we up-to-date pretty much once a week, put new products on there and new mm -hmm. things like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we keep everything. And then all you can always give us a call if we're in the shop. You can give us give us a call or send us an email or answer whatever questions you have. Hell yeah, man. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for for all the info and for uh, and for your time. And I'm I'm extremely excited to be able to uh kind of be in this with you and help you guys out in any way that i yeah. can because i i thank you for helping me out um not only with uh supporting the podcast but also with the uh, the awesome product that you guys are putting out well i really appreciate that and and before we go i have one question for you actually yes sir do you remember at psp texas in the mud mm -hmm. you were racing alex goldman in the mud in the mud in the mud it was outside of the field you and alex goldman had a bet to see who was faster and you guys were racing right outside of the not the pro field it was outside like one of the d1 fields it was near the vendor area and you and alex goldman were racing in the mud did i lose do you remember that <laughs> see i don't i was gonna ask you because I, I was walking by when it happened <sighs> and i was wondering if you remembered that race no, the only race I remember is we were at, um, it wasn't in the mud, it was dry, and I think it was in 2017, or it might have been 18, but this was this was like when he was on, I think he was on Impact or 
already or something, but I just remember racing him once. Yeah. I don't remember that one. I don't know if it, it might not have been in the deepest mud. Every time I went to Texas, it rained horribly. So I just automatically pictured mud, but it might not have been, it might not have been muddy, but I remember you two specifically going for a race and I just always wondered who won because I never got to see it. Yeah, me too. I, because I, I would like to know who won because I have no idea (laughs) who won that one. Because he was like, at the time he was like younger and he was always younger for me a little newer newer on the scene (laughs) yeah right and so everybody said he was one of the fastest but then everybody knew you as being the fastest and so i remember you guys racing but i just never knew who won i just wanted to know if you remembered that it was such a weird title dude being labeled the fastest man in paintball because (laughs) i because i never like i never claimed that the only thing I ever said is I know ne- I at the time I had never lost a race and I wasn't it wasn't even bragging because I hated racing people. I absolutely yeah. hated it. It was just I felt like it wasn't it wasn't natural to just on a one straight like game speed I felt like I was quick. But like just yeah. going in a straight line from A to B I felt like it was it was more annoying cuz I was just like I don't want to cuz what if I pull something or I do right. something and I, I fuck myself up. I was like I don't want to I don't yeah. want to do that shit. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember that race specifically, and I always wondered. But now, some of those kids out there now in the pro field are insane. Yeah, I mean, they're like you got Keith Brown's moving, mm-hmm. uh, Alex Goldman's still super fast, and so oh, you yeah. got all these tiny, fast. Well, Alex is the opposite of tiny. I mean, he's yeah. muscular. <laughs> yeah, he's gets, a monster. But, <laughs> I'm stoked uh, to be no, just, just in a group with those guys as far as speed goes. Right, right, and that was you know that's that's something to be proud of for sure. But yeah, you were definitely one of the ones that. Uh, Everybody said it was the fastest. I don't know if you remember that race or not. No, unfortunately not, dude. I have a terrible memory. <laughs> I have, that's what I'm taking. This, that's what I'm taking. This damn uh, lion's mane supplement help some yeah. cognitive, uh, maybe spark some memory or something. Keep the keep the yeah. the short term. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I have I have the worst short term memory. We just had a conversation the other day, and I could read a phone number. And be like, hey, I have to call this number and then forget it as soon as I start to type it in. <laughs> I have the worst short-term memory. It's awful. Dude, and I what, so I'll, what I'll do is like I'll have to memorize a number just to type it into something. And because I don't even trust my short-term memory, I only do <laughs> a little bit of the number and then I go back. When in theory, yeah. I could probably go, okay, and then type yeah. it in. I, I don't trust myself enough, so I have to be like, okay, okay, all right. No, and then I try and, I try and find clever ways to remember it. Mm-hmm. And it never works. And so I uh, now I I take a picture of everything now. Yeah. If anything comes up, I snap a picture of it, and then I have it if I'm typing it in somewhere else or something like that. And so I'm with you with a short-term memory, man. It's pretty awful these days. Yeah. I've actually had this little. <laughs> I don't know if you know the app Visco, VSCO. Mm-hmm. So I so I just discovered that through um, Brad, who takes pictures from inside the net, and yeah. he told me that he uses for a lot of his stuff that he uses uh, his iPhone to shoot some of these pictures. And he takes, dude, amazing. And I'm talking about like scenic, yeah, like like yeah, scenic right. pictures. And I and I started using this app and I just started, it kind of just intrigued me to take more pictures. And then I just made this like secret Visco app that has like just <laughs> me taking pictures of like kind of just daily life. But also um, yeah. it doesn't have to be paintball related. And I feel like, yeah. not that I'm looking for likes or anything like that on Instagram, but just sometimes, like, you want people to be interested in everything about – not everything about you, but, like, the majority of who you are, not just yeah, this right. 
paintball persona person right you know kind of thing so well, there's there's more there's more to you than just being a fast snake player or something like that yeah there there's more to you than that and and i i totally understand that and in the same sense i i understand that because you know growing up at the paintball field that's what people knew me for i was the son at the paintball field i was i was the kid at the paintball field that's what i was yeah i had no no one else knew me for anything else and uh now it's fun being part of something different and having people know me for something different mm-hmm. and uh and i have a few other companies um some photography companies and things like that that you know we do really well with and and so i get to express myself you know sometimes with that like you'll see us post you know drifting videos or pictures or yeah. you know we do a lot of real estate photography and so i get to express myself in that sense as well but i really like expressing myself on live feeds because you can't mess up yeah. Right. When you when you do a, a, even with a podcast or a video that you post on YouTube or something like that, you can change some things. Right. Mm-hmm. But on a live stream, you mess up. People are going to see it. Yeah. And so I like I like the challenge of that and expressing myself on live streams. And and uh, but yeah, I can see how how you want to be want people to know more about you. Not everything. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, know more about you and know that you're more than just, you know, running to the snake as fast as possible than having, you know, Bruno yell at you for 10 minutes. So, yeah. So if you're interested out there listening or anybody, it's, it's the social passion project on Visco. Like that's my name, the social passion project. And it's just fucking random shit. Just random pictures, random this. If you're, if you're interested into who I was also, uh, growing up or even my personality now still watch bears eating broccoli. If you watch bears, if you watch bears eating, do you have you seen it? I haven't seen it, but it just sounds funny. I mean, I feel like I want to it's now. Called, yeah, it's a buddy of mine uh, and myself. We made a video for his school back or his college back in the day, and it was called Bears Eating Broccoli, and uh, it was our artistic impression of who we were at the time and what needed to be said. So, take it as as you may. But wow. It was interesting. It was fun. But hey, man, thank you so much. Um, I, I really appreciate the conversation, and and um, you know I enjoy hear, hearing from you. And dude, I'm I'm stoked to have this uh, grow this relationship. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and honestly, I could talk to you for really a few more hours. Honestly, we have a ton of things to talk oh, yeah. about. So maybe maybe you'll get me on here another day, and we'll do this again sometime. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, I I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, and I, uh, I I appreciate everything. And everybody, remember, shop Mellow and go to MellowVO.com. We have a $600 giveaway going on right now. Ooh. You get your entries in at MellowVO. Um, it's over $300 in products. It's almost $400 in products and $240 in cash right now. Every $10 you spend at MellowVO.com or in-store, you get one entry. So get your entries in, and yeah. that's it, man. That's great. That's a great idea. When I saw you guys doing that, I was like, dude, that's such a clever idea works people love money i mean that helps flashing hundred dollar bills in their face <laughs> people love money they love cash and and one of the things that i wasn't allowed to do with my last job with giveaways i'm allowed to do now because it's my money and so i'm, oh, I'm yeah. here to give it out to people so spend your money with me i'll give it back i promise sweet <laughs> thanks so much well, sam thanks, man. and you have a good night yeah absolutely you too we'll talk to you soon yeah man later Thank you so much, Sam. I appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, and letting everybody know what you're all about. Awesome. Make sure you guys check him out, man. Melavio, uh, he has all kinds of product. Melavio.com. Uh, they also are uh, going live with new product all the time on their Facebook. And uh, if you if you want to look at 
exactly what they have, Melavio.com. And if you use the promo code capital TPOP, you'll get 15% off your entire order. Also, make sure you guys get in for that giveaway. Serious, man. 10 bucks will get you one entry for that cash money uh, plus over $500 in product. Uh, so it's a great deal, great company, great dude. Thank you, Sam, again. Appreciate it, man. This this uh, episode is also brought to you by Charm City Paintball. He will have headbands in at in World Cup at World Cup. Uh, but make sure you, ahead of time, make sure you go and you claim a headband and see what he has. Um, Charm City Paintball on Facebook and Instagram and see exactly what he has and claim it to make sure he has it set aside for you because they will go quick. I promise you that. Um, and uh, and they're all awesome looking, all hand, hand sewn, quality is awesome. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. And good luck if I don't talk to you down at the World Cup. And guys, I do have banners and jerseys if anyone is interested. Make sure you hit me up, theplayingonpodcast at gmail.com, and I will be sure to check that and uh, and see if anybody has messaged me. But yeah, I have banners and jerseys and hopefully t-shirts and other things coming in the near future. But anyway, good luck, everybody. Good luck at World Cup. Drive safe, travel safe. Don't text and drive. That's stupid. Listen to podcasts like this one. I say it every time because I still see people texting and driving all the time. Shit's scary, man. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening. And we will see you here again soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace!